G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Our Middle East correspondent Ron Ross is joining me on the phone once again. Welcome, Ron. Thank you very much, Tracy. Well, it seems same old, same old. Here we go again. Another week of conflict in the Middle East. And today the Palestinian Authority are considering a proposal by their chairman, Mahmoud Abbas, for what he is calling a diplomatic initiative to solve the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. That's almost an oxymoron, isn't it? (laughs) I can hardly find anything new in his proposal, but uh, the plan is to declare a Palestinian state with parts of Jerusalem as their capital, but to have a third party overseeing the borders of the future state. So, I I mean, the mind boggles at what could happen there. Abbas told an Egyptian TV station last weekend that he would present his unconventional solution to the United States Secretary of State John Kerry during their next meeting, but he didn't say when that meeting was to take place. The official said that if the U.S. rejects Abbas's initiative, he will ask the United Nations Security Council to issue a resolution calling for an end to the occupation and the establishment of an independent Palestinian state. And it seems like we've heard that song before. It's interesting that he would call it an unconventional solution. Yeah, well, I think having the third party uh, take control of the border uh, is the only new thing that I can see in the whole plan. And whether that's a UN peacekeeping uh, force, whether it's... uh, uh, a friendly neighbour, I have no idea. Uh, but I can see terrible uh, problems emerging if any one of that third party uh, found themselves in a tragic situation. And that's the thing, isn't it? No matter who the third party was or may be, it would have to be somebody that Mahmoud Abbas would agree with. Yeah, and you know, uh, my mind... Uh, uh, I, I met a young Australian from Noosa who was serving with the UN peacekeeping force uh, in Besheva, and uh, I, I asked him where was his gun, and he said, "Oh, we're not allowed to carry them." And I thought, "Oh, whoopee! It's like playing cricket without a cricket bat." Mm. Mm. And of course, all this all this conflict apparently is not reflecting well on the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. His popularity is said to have slumped to its lowest level yet. Well, there was a very sad situation a couple of days ago where a four-year-old boy. Uh, was killed by a rocket that hit his home. Uh, And it's become a more tragic story because it's been revealed that two weeks before he was killed, this little boy sent a letter to a friend who was serving in the army thanking him for keeping him safe and protecting him. And the soldier has released that letter uh, into the community. And, of course, it's created all sorts of an emotional reaction uh, but now 38% of Israel, or Israelis are saying that they support, that they're satisfied with Netanyahu, opposed to 50% who are dissatisfied. And there's another big question right now. It's the, the beginning of the school year in Israel, and there's a great deal of debate 
whether the school should open uh, with the amount of rockets that are being fired into Israel at the moment. I think there was something like 70 attacks by the IDF last night against sites that had sent rockets into Israel uh, earlier before midnight. And so the situation's very tense, and uh, the plummeting of Netanyahu's popularity uh, is probably associated very uh, much with the people who live in the Gaza Belt region, uh, where a lot of the bombs are falling. They say that 68% of residents in that uh, region have left the region, at least for the time being, and some have left permanently. And in the meantime, the Israeli parliament, the Knesset, is calling up more reservists. Yeah, I had to check this story because they called up 10,000 about two weeks ago and now they're calling up another 10,000. And uh, behind the scenes, uh, there's more talk about another incursion by the Israeli armed forces into Gaza. Uh, whether they will do that, take that initiative or not, I'm not sure. But the committee extended the special situation on the home front until September 2nd and they've called for the finance minister to provide the money uh, to bring up another 10,000 reservists. So plenty of activity in Israel in preparation for what they expect may be an ongoing exchange with the Palestinians. And so all this talk of continued negotiations about peace talks, it's coming to naught? Well, that's part of the frustration the Israelis are feeling, that every time there's uh, some sort of progress in the peace talks, Netanyahu responds, and uh, the Israelis are sick and tired of him responding, and the Palestinians ignoring the peace agreements they make. They want Netanyahu to issue the order, clean out Hamas, and not back off on any circumstances, although the headlines in Israel right now are saying that the peace talks are progressing and may come up with the result. But I'm sorry, I've heard that before too. Yeah, that's right. Now, in Syria, we've heard the news in recent days that an American writer that has been held captive there for two years was released. That's just in the last day or two. It is, and it's it's something that uh, may see a trigger uh, of the United States and the United Kingdom uh, joining forces to get involved in the Middle East in a very much more effective way. Since the beheading of the American, uh, they've had all sorts of inquiries to trace down the fellow with the British accent who actually did the beheading, and they've tucked him down to be a a rapper from the United Kingdom. And I've been watching scenes this morning of riot police in London uh, going into that community and going door-to-door, checking synagogues and interviewing people. And I would say that the intensity of their inquiry there is on and that fellow will be tracked down sooner or later and uh, justice will be done. Uh, But this fellow has been released in Syria. He's been held there since 2012 and the Americans are delighted that uh, he's he's been set free. Uh, The United Nations can confirm that it facilitated the handover of Peter Curtis after receiving a medical checkup. Mr. Curtis was handed over to representatives of the government, a UN statement has said. And I've been watching uh, Fox News this morning, and I've seen him making statements and delighted to be set free, of course. Yes, obviously. Now, Israel, Egypt and Saudi Arabia, they're sort of joining forces in some senses, aren't they? Because Hamas is very much seen as a common enemy now. 
Yeah, in the Jerusalem Post uh, yesterday was an excellent article by Carolyn Glick, and everyone knows that uh, I'm a fan. But she was talking about the uh, unity now between Israel, Egypt, and Saudi Arabia as they have the common enemy of Hamas, which is uh, uh, an extension of the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt and uh, sponsors uh, activity, terrorist activity in Qatar and Turkey. And, of course, th their interest is also closing in on the borders of Jordan. So it's quite unusual to find Egypt, Saudi Arabia and Israel in any form of alliance, but it's amazing when you have a con common enemy how quickly you find friends. Yeah, that's right. Now, just briefly before we go, Ron, let's talk about this story that uh, maybe it's not so common here, but certainly making headlines overseas. It is an initiative by the Australian Greens. It's some politicians in Australia and former politicians too that I've, have signed a referendum that they've called the Canberra Declaration on Gaza. Now, that's making headlines in Israel at the moment. It is, and uh, I've been reading it, and, and uh, an Australian lawyer, David Singer, has been writing about it. Uh, but 76 Australian politicians have signed this declaration, and uh, Singer, in his analysis, says it's full of misleading statements and errors. And that virtually uh, the statement has made Israel totally responsible for the activities in the Middle East, and uh, Israel's not taking it very uh, uh, happily. Uh, some of these politicians are, uh, are ex-politicians, uh, but they have signed the document and it's been issued in some way to make it look official and Israel's not impressed. And yet for so much here, I know the Israeli ambassador, he has previously said that Australia is is a great friend of Israel and, and our foreign minister has certainly made comments to that regard as well. So this has really come as a slap in the face, hasn't it? Yeah, and I like the way Singer put it. He said that Australian politicians need to be very careful about their names being identified with the document whose origins are so murky, a declaration that itself is deceptive and misleading in so many ways. And uh, I just praise God that uh, uh, the governing party at the moment is very pro-Israel, has a wonderful relationship in Jerusalem uh, with members of the Knesset and the diplomatic corps. And, of course, the ambassador for Israel in Canberra is, is very keen to keep that relationship uh, going well. So I'm sure behind the scenes they've worked it out and they've analysed that most of these politicians who have signed the declaration uh, are members of the Greens, and uh, that will probably says all that needs to be said. That is Ron Ross, our Middle East correspondent. Ron, always good to talk to you. Thanks again for your time. Thank you, Tracy. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts, or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.